This episode of Taking It to the House was brought to you by EBH Fitness Studios. It's a way of life. I'm Dr. Stevie Durbin III, I'm Taking It to the House. And I'm Dr. Timothy Hoover, and I'm Taking It to the House. I want to welcome y'all to another edition of Taking It to the House. As we go into the holidays, this particular weekend is the 4th of July weekend. Vic, my opening burn is, there is no America without Black America. Having said that, let's celebrate safely. Let's enjoy each other's company. Let's be respectful of space and place. And please don't drink and drive. On the heels of that, Unc, I say, think of what we had to do last year. It's amazing how fast a year passes. So again, be safe on this 4th of July weekend. Everyone wants to enjoy and celebrate so many things to celebrate this great country of ours. So definitely just do it and be responsible. But now that that's said, now we got all the preliminaries done, how is it possible we still have basketball happening in July? So um, last night, the Clippers, I don't know, if they, I can't even say they gave a last ditch valiant effort and fought hard in that last of, of this game six. But dang, dude, I mean, was it like that? Or did the Suns come bring? What do you think about that performance last night? I, I don't know where to begin. I don't know where to, where to begin, Vic, because I was thoroughly entertained, Ty Lue as a coach. I didn't know this much about him until this year where I actually put him under a microscope. There were high expectations for the Clippers. And he did, a, to me, a marvelous job when you talk about the playoffs in particular. The season, yes, but in the playoffs, what a, what a hurt, or limping Kawhi Leonard against the Jazz, and then even without Kawhi in the Suns, and they still played masterful, I think mostly because of Ty Lue and his adjustments. So I'd, I'd start with him. Then I'm going to talk about Reggie Jackson as the point guard. Wow. Uh, I didn't know he had that in him. And I was watching his interview last night, and he was crying. He was tearful. And he said, quote, unquote, these guys saved my life. I believe him because he, there were reports that he was talking about quitting basketball. And for so many African-Americans, this is their lifeline to being defined as a man. So I don't know his story completely, but he was tearful last night. And it got me a little choked up because how much he was into it. It was not just a game. To me, it was like life for him. Then I want to talk about Paul George and get on Patrick Beverly, sir. Paul George, he does not erase and eliminate all those past demons, but without a sidekick, without another all-star on his team, Kawhi being benched, I would like to say he, he did a fantastic job as well. I, I, I just admire, you know, he just kept coming, just kept coming, just kept coming. coming. Van Gundy, Mark Jackson, we're talking about, he's not bringing this, uh, this, this killer attitude or this ferociousness. I don't, I don't think that's him. And how many of us wanted Paul George when he was a free agent on our team, the Lakers included? And I would have loved because we saw this Paul George in Indiana or glimpses of this Paul George in Indiana. We wanted him for the Lakers. So I would like to hear what you have to say about the game, the series review. Tell me, sir, what's on your mind? 
I, I, I agree. I'll start with the Paul George piece because I was going to ask you, did what do you think about PG-13? How did Paul George do? Did he redeem himself? Was this him all along? But is he playing? Is he having to take the second fiddle role to Kawhi? If that was in him all along, is it what is it? But I like what you did first is give credit to Ty Lue. Because, again, this is the same team that Doc Rivers had a year ago. Now, a year later, managed and led by Lou. Uh-oh, one X factor, no Kawhi Leonard in this in this series. And what Ty Lue was able to do with this team, there are only, I mean, two games away from making it to the finals. We understand that. However, again, adversity. Doc had a full complement team. They had the bubble. That was his adversity. But he had a full, healthy team last year. They just did not deliver. Here goes Ty Lue a year later, does not have a full healthy team. The alpha male, the self-proclaimed or the, the known entity for the Clippers, is Kawhi Leonard, is out. Yet Paul George and a dude named Reggie Jackson and a dude named Terrence Mann, that is named Terrence Mann? Look, who are these cats? Yeah. yeah. Who are these cats? And we always know who, you know, Beverly Peace, but for that new big three, Operate without anything. I, you know, we always tease the Clippers. They're the JV team. We're not supposed to like them. We're we're Laker fans. But I did gain the level of respect for Ty Lue, Ty Lue's Clippers, because they showed something. They did show some fight. At the end of the day, you still weren't a healthy team, and they weren't supposed to win when you don't have your number one player, which is Kawhi Leonard. So from that aspect, wow. Paul George, hey, I, I, we wanted to see that. Though. We wanted to see who he was. We wanted to see that version of him. Um, and and Ty Lue was able to bring that out. Uh, again, I wonder how moving forward, how does that, that work? Now that everyone's seen that, can he bring that every night? Can he bring that with Kawhi? There's some new chemistry pieces they got to work. And again, I would defer to Ty Lue to do that because, again, Ty Lue's had to work that before. He's had LeBron James a Kyrie Irving, and a Kevin Love. And we already know Kyrie and LeBron are, are ball-handling ball players. Like, they need the ball in their hand and a lot of ego. So he was able to work that and still be able to produce. So it would be interesting now that Ty Lue gets a full offseason, a full offseason, and be able to see what he can do. Because last year, again, Doc Rivers got fired. He had a very short offseason, and then uh, Ty Lue came through and he produced. So it would be interesting. For the series overall, I thought it was very entertaining. Um, for some reason, and I don't, I don't like to concentrate on the Clippers, but they basked their whole playoff series of first, second, and third round being down 0-2. I, I, and this is the team we talked about last week. This is not the team you want to play 0-2. However, comma, had they lost game five uh, when they were playing around with the Suns, and had uh, well, the Suns were playing around the Clippers. Had the Clippers uh, won that game, I think Suns would have lost in seven. Down, I mean, you know, it, it, it was it was going to happen because uh, they would have got the extra level of confidence, and then the Suns would have said, "Uh oh, we we weren't ready for this." So I think overall it was a good series. I'd love to see obviously with a healthy squad how that would have worked. Uh, we got to get kudos to CP3. It's been a long journey for him. Uh, you know, depending upon where you're at on the side of the table, is he a dirty player, is he a good player? He's one of the grandfathers of the league. 
you know, you're rooting for him, you're rooting against him. I know he, he's a polarizing uh, player, but you can't be a basketball fan, an NBA fan, and see the emotion and see how real this is and how hard it is to win in the league, how hard it is to make it to the finals. He has never made it. He's always gotten close and snake bit either through injury, uh, a team, something. And so to see his emotion after 16 years in the league, it should have touched anybody watching just to understand the competitiveness of, of NBA's uh, and sports and getting to the pinnacle. That's all they all play for is to get a shot to play for the championship. So he got that shot. So I really like that narrative piece right there. Um, but what do you think about it at the end of the game, man? I mean, what do you, you think about that? Well, uh, Patrick Beverly, we commented in a group chat. We're talking about his moxie, his energy, his tenaciousness. And everybody knows he's known for his defense. But he crosses the line. And last night, he did more than just cross the line. You don't do that. You don't push somebody in the back when they're walking away. You just don't do that, okay? Don't even... He, he been, Jackson said it, and man, he's been talking stuff this whole series. And Chris Paul says scoreboard, and now you want to get upset. No, if you can't take it, don't dish it, okay? Walk to the back to the bench and, and, and just shake the man's hand later, okay? You don't have to, you don't have to hold this side of yourself, which is an ugly side, and it makes people think about what you did to Westbrook. You injured him. Okay, what you did to CP3 a couple of games ago, you know, undercut him and he landed on his back. Thank goodness he wasn't hurt or injured by that, uh, considering he already had a bad shoulder against the Lakers back in, in, the, in the first round series. So Patrick Beverly, Bush League, I, I feel as though he should be suspended. I don't care if it's his last game. Going into next season, he should be suspended. Make other teams think about his play. Make him think about his play because publicity-wise, it's bad pub. And the same energy that he's using to stay in the league, that can be detrimental also for him and get him picked out of the league. Because, because nobody wants this, this negative vibe, if you will, or this, this, this negativity on their team. But you mentioned the Suns. And so you do have to give credit to CP3. Pat, uh, uh, I was going to say Pat Booker, but your boy Devin Booker showed up when, it, when he needed to because he was very inconsistent. But heck. I've never had my nose broken. I've never had to wear a mask in my occupation, okay? So I imagine Patrick Beverly as well and anybody else that was lengthy, tall, uh, surrounding him, playing D on him was, was, was difficult for him. But he showed up last night when he needed to. And let's not forget the architect of their, this whole team and this roster, putting even CP3 and, and Jay Crowder, which is James... Jones, I believe is his name, which is the, he got executive of the year for, for Phoenix. So Monty, CP3, Devin Booker, Jay, and, and, and Aiton, as a, are, they are the best assembled team in the playoffs. We, after our team got defeated, we called it. You, myself, and, and Dr. Hoover, in her absence, talked about the Suns should go on and represent and win the Larry O'Brien trophy. That's my take on the Suns. That's my take on the series. I don't know if this will, if this is a new culture in Phoenix. I don't know if they're, if they're going to be a, a force to be reckoned with next year. I don't know if this is going to, but right now, the flash in the pan, they're hotter than fish grease right now. 
they are hot. And only thing, again, that will stop them, and I said this a little, is they're being too proud or too into the moment, or sometimes they get a little bit too emotional. And their coach talks about stay poised, stay poised, stay poised. They get caught up in the moment and, and lose that moment of poise. So um, skill-wise, offense, defense, and coaching, I don't see a weakness, sir. I don't see a weakness. I, 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 I like that. I would say that very young team. They're very exciting. This is their year. Next year's not. I don't see a, a dynasty. I don't see the opportunity for a back-to-back. I say that because the monsters come back next year. I say this has to be almost a – if people want to give an asterisk next year, they need to almost give an asterisk this year. There's so many X factors. Now, the title is a title. Uh, I, only, I only say that because it's short in offseason. How many these injuries, uh, people not getting the rest that they needed. But next year, we, have, we cannot forget in the West, Gold State's going to be back. If Steph Curry didn't show anything this year, he showed, I'm not done yet. Let me get my ace back. Let me get my my number, let me get my right hand back. And you don't think Clay Thompson doesn't have anything to say? That for almost two years that he had not been able to play ball, he's gonna come back so hungry and rested and probably rusted, but he's been he's been working it. That's a team. I believe in Rob. Our Lakers are going to be back. I know there's got to, there is a nasty taste in the mouth of LeBron, and there should be a nasty taste in, in the mouth of a, of Anthony Davis, because look, you came here with expectations, you couldn't show up, you can't even be healthy enough to play. So that's that team, and then we got it. We just talked about Ty Lue. We have two championship coaches in LA. Ty Lue has already cracked that code to say I can get there. I got to the Western Conference Finals. I brought the Clippers there where no other coach has been able to do. So he's got a nucleus of confidence with his team, and he's going to have a second year to play with them. So that's going to be an interesting battle. So those three teams in the West alone are going to be a force to be reckoned with for the Suns that have to go through. Let's not forget about the Jazz. Their whole team's coming back with a healthy Donovan Mitchell. And let's not forget about Denver. Same co- I mean, so that's going to be interesting. It'll be great. It'll be a great year next year. I look forward to it, but I definitely want to relish the moment for the Suns. But it's a young enough nucleus where they can still be competitive. I just don't see an opportunity for them to do a repeat. Well, we're ahead of ourselves. You know, they got to get this first one, <laughs> okay? But right now, to me, they're they're, they're the best team. Um, uh, let's let's let's. Like you said, let's be happy for CP3. Let's be ha- happy for a Devin. Let's be happy for the franchise who hasn't been here in several years. And they haven't won it yet or at all in their history. So let it let it be played because we do know uh, we're all susceptible to injury. They're, they're playing almost every other night. So, uh, and CP3 talk about he has a numbness in his hand and he's got a, a nerve problem on his right shoulder. Uh, Devin still has a broken nose. I, I'd be uh, itching to hit him if I were the defender because that's a, one of his weaknesses right now. But he kept getting popped. So uh, the Western Conference is solidified. I like where the hands are or where the who has the hands on, on the mantle, if you will. Let that be the signs. Proud because they beat my team, took my team, eliminated my team, and they are great representatives of the 
uh, Western Conference. So uh, having said that, the Eastern Conference, they're battling. It's 2-2. I wish Dr. Hoover were here to talk about her Hawks. Trey Young, they're getting ready to play game five tonight. And Trey Young has been ruled out for tonight. Giannis has been ruled out for tonight. And so we got a couple of injuries for major stars. I wanted to know, sir, your review of, of the series, your preview with their injured stars and how this is going to play out. Who has the advantage with the Hawks, the Bucks? Who has the advantage? And what do you see? And this game is in Milwaukee. I'm going to shock the world tonight. Call me Cassius Clay, a.k.a. Muhammad Ali. Atlanta Hawks will win this game. Atlanta Hawks will win this series. The reason why? They showed me this last game. Um, Giannis was in the game. Trey Young was not in the game. And the Atlanta Hawks mopped that tail with their number one player on the bench, Hurt, while Milwaukee's number one player was in the game before he had that nasty, gruesome injury and made it look like his foot was backwards. So when they showed me that, we got to get credit to Nate McMillan. Sis, Dr. Hoover, in your absence, you called it. Again, I'm not a betting man, and I was a doubter of you, but even if I was a doubter, I still should have been a betting man and said, you know what, I'm going to put money out on this long shot. I would have made a lot of money. But what they showed is... They're a team. Yes, Trey Young is the identity. He gives them that swagger. He gives them that 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 uh that face. But they are a team without him, and that's what they showed, which is great. One is a great leader to be able to say, look, you know, for us to be able to rally around him in his absence. That the team, unlike we saw many teams this postseason, that once their alpha went down. They lost their identity. So their identity in Atlanta is not based around Trey Young. It's based around Nate McMillan. Again, I gave him credit last week as a, as a coach, as a leader. So because of that and what they showed this last, uh, this last game, I give, the head, I give the advantage to Atlanta Hawks because we know Milwaukee has a tendency not to show up for the moment. They had opportunities with the last series and could not take advantage when you have two out of the three stars of the uh, Brooklyn Nets hurt. So here they have the main star, if you want to think that Trey Young was the main star of that team, which now we all know they're not, you could take advantage with that. So I have zero faith in the Milwaukee Bucks. I apologize to my brother-in-law, who's diehard. He, and, you know, he's also producer the music of this show. I'm sorry, bro. They're, they're not going to do it. They, 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 they lost their identity. And the coach is still coaching for his his job, a healthy Giannis or not healthy Giannis. And Atlanta Hawks is going to do him in. What do you think, huh? Whoo! I'm not as bold as you. I'm not. I, I can't see it. I don't see it. They're playing at home. That's one. Okay. Uh, so that crowd, that home crowd energy will feed the Bucks. But I can't call the Bucks either. I think this is just a 50-50 game tonight. What I saw when they played last game and they mollywhopped the Bucks without Trey Young, what I saw is the better team won. Nate, you talked about his uh, acumen, his, 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 his coaching uh, expertise. 
he was able to plug and play and move pieces around. I saw people that I hadn't seen in, in weeks to months playing, and they were very effective to include, uh, what's that, uh, lemon, lemon, pep, pepper, lemon, Lou, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> lemon, pepper, Skip to my Lou. Lou. <laughs> lemon, pepper, Lou, Club, chicken, wings, Lou. <laughs> First time starting in the playoffs, and he was very efficient. And what I saw is, and, and, and I was asking myself, is it even possible? Can they be a better team without Trey? And that doesn't mean they're not good without Trey. They're very good with Trey because Trey is the leader. But I saw the ball moving and everybody as though they were a threat. And so that made it very difficult for the Bucks to really hone in on one person. So when Trey has the ball and he holds the ball quite a bit, and if he's not picking and rolling or throwing the lob or shooting a three, he still has the ball. He's not that CP3, that assist man and setting up and putting everybody in place. He's not that guy. That last game without him, Lou, he didn't hold on to the rock. He was passionate, giving it up. And everybody else on the Hawks, or being playmakers themselves, starting the offense or getting a shot for themselves. So they are dangerous. So having said that, um, and being on the road, I give them, I give them, a, a, you said Muhammad Ali, I give them a boxer's chance uh, uh, of winning and taking the lead. And everybody knows game five, how important it is. Usually the winner of game five goes on to win the series. I think that's an 80% chance that they go on to win the series. So uh, I'm not all the way in on the Hawks. I am impressed um, because the Bucks still have Middleton. They still have uh, Drew Holiday. Uh, I still feel like they had the better, better pieces on paper, but 50-50. Uh, I'm not going to call it one way or another. I'm going to go 50-50. They had the better pieces on paper. They had the better yeah. pieces on paper, I agree, too. I don't trust the coach. It, it, you know, because you got to uh, look at this. Yeah. The coach. The coach got worked over by a rookie coach last series. Steve Nash is only a three point, uh, a Kevin Durant three-pointer away from them being knocked out. That went yeah. game seven. And we're talking about they had opportunities. And now you're playing against a coach that, again, didn't have a full offseason with this team. He came in at the All-Star break. Man, he's running circles. Your key point you made also is how Nate McMillan was able to make adjustments who would think that without having Trey Young, that he would that they would be as successful as they were with with Lou Williams? Like I said, dishing a rock, showing another version, making adjustments. I do not see Milwaukee Bucks Bucks coach making those adjustments, and that's why he keeps getting his lunch handed to him. He, to me, appears to be relying upon the talent of Giannis, the talent of a Drew Holiday, the talent of Middleton, and their basketball IQ to bail him out of situations. But even when we seen in that last series, when they blew away a large lead, that the team started panicking down, uh, you know, down the last three or four minutes uh, when they played against Brooklyn. And so I'm giving more than nod, yes, I, I, to Atlanta Hawks, more because of the coach. And I trust Nate McMillan, what he's been able to do. He's a seasoned coach. And again, Budenholzer, man, he, he's been on a tight rope. He's he's walking around with gasoline draws, and and Nathan Miller got the lat got the got the got the match, and the Raiders go light that choker up, man. 
You have convinced me, Vic. Vic, you have convinced me. I had forgotten about how bad that coach is. I told you, if he won the championship, I'd still fire his ass. He's that bad of a coach. You swayed my decision, son. You sure have. Let's go, Hawks. Let's go. Let's go. No game seven. Win this one. Come back home. Trey plays again. Finish him at six. Let's go, Hawks. You have convinced me, Vic. Let's go. Hey. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, but ask, so what is a hyperextended knee? Like when I saw that, I said, man, this dude is done. So even with, let's assume they won. Let's just, let's, I'm going to go against my, my, my better judgment, say assume Milwaukee wins to play another game. With a hyperextended knee, how long is that realistically going to keep Giannis out? Is he coming back this series even if they had a chance? So that's a good question. Hyperextended knee. So a normal knee is at zero degrees extension. When you go hyperextended, you're straining structures, ligaments, and a potential bone bruise because of that tibia and femur hitting up against each other because of that hyperextension. And so he's, they were diagnosed as just a hyperextension and without any damage but he's sitting out. Leads me to believe there's some damage or his pain tolerance is so bad that he cannot do it. So usually it comes down to uh, pain tolerance and how much damage there is. I do expect him to come back. And I believe if this were a pivotal game, and it is a pivotal game, but if it were a, a, a game ceiling game, a clinching game or one that would eliminate him, I, I bet he would play. I think he would come out, but he has a game to sit out, get a little bit more healing in. But uh, the hyperextension usually is a strain or stress to the ligaments that are in there. Uh, but fortunately for him, the MR came back, MRI came back with no, uh, no damage. But the bone bruise I'm, I'm concerned about, but they're not revealing and uh, tipping their hand on how much damage he does have in that particular knee. I was happy to see him walk off and put weight on it. So that eliminated a fracture for me. If it was a fracture, it would have been no bueno, no walking. Uh, uh, but he was able to put weight on, and his gait was very, very normal with very slight limp. So uh, the thing is, how much can he handle? So a lot of these athletes who have never been injured before, it scares them. So it's a mental piece to it that they have to overcome, and then they have to figure out, because not everybody's Kobe Bryant. Kobe could block-ish out, okay? He would just block it out and play. And so you see that in Devin Booker. He's gotten hit in the nose several more times. You, you, you take the hit, compose yourself, and you get back up and go. Giannis, I don't know if he's capable of doing that. Trey Young injured his knee, and he continued to play on his knee. Excuse me, injured his ankle. I'm sorry, twisted his ankle and continued to play on that ankle. I wish he hadn't because he'd probably be back by now already. But um, it's, it's that in you that you cannot a coach can't give it to you that that just want to play for the love of the game either you have it or you don't and you and you can override the the pain receptors that are even within you so um, mind over matter not everybody can do it and it just depends on how level so that bone bruise is on think of uh, electrical wires Every time he moves, that bone bruise is like that electrical sparks that are setting off, and that can be very uncomfortable. So he's running, he's jumping, and he's pounding, and he's doing this. 
And that's where he's probably having that discomfort when he's uh, compressing on the knee right now. Good question. So hyperextension, so hyperextension comes and creates a bone bruise or are those two separate things that he's dealing with? Yes, yes. So again, they're not tipping their hand, but I suspect, Tim, Dr. Hoover suspects a bone bruise, but they're not revealing that. They, I suspect there's some tissue damage, but they're not telling us that. They're only saying hyperextension, and with the hyperextension, you're bending bones and tissues beyond their normal capacity. And so that is the uncomfortability that he has. Plus, it, he may have a mental issue going on right now, just being mm. able to handle uh, being injured. Mm. Mm. So what I'm hearing then, the hyperextension is not a, debil a debilitating injury where it's like, hey, he's out three months, he's out two months. It's really not necessarily day to day, but it, but it's at least maybe a two day off where he could come back for game six if, if, if needed or if required. I mean, that situation about to be face elimination. Yes. So again, um, of course, with the MRI and Giannis and the doctors, the medical team, the training staff, they know more. I'm only speculating here. And so uh, they're going to protect him because he's still a hundred million dollar guy. Uh, he's still an asset. It's it's not just this year, this series. They're also looking at long-term uh, um, uh, effects or damage that he, they can cause. Unfortunately, it is still the playoffs. And so uh, we're talking about injuries all year. It, 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 the compressed season, the, the um, short off season. And so uh, bad timing, bad timing uh, for this particular wow. injury. But the Bucks. Uh, injured Giannis or not, how much they lean on him. He's almost 30 points a night. How they make that up? He's about 12 rebounds a night. How do they make that up? Not only that, he, he, he brings double teams, so he creates open shots for everybody else. So who's going to be that guy to get them open shots? Chris Middleton, you don't double Chris Middleton. You don't double Drew. You don't double uh, Lopez in the middle. So everybody can be played mano a mano and those open shots will be few and far in between which also lends to the hawks being more successful because they have young athletic and tall wing players with the exception of trey and and, and um and uh, we just talked about uh lemon pepper loop everybody else is tall and they're long and so they get they can they can close a lane very quickly um but I'm excited to see what happens tonight without their two stars. Um, but yeah, advantage coach. No, no doubt about that. Advantage, advantage coach on the road or at home. So you swayed me, sir. Very good argument. <laughs> I bow down to you, sir. <laughs> I appreciate it. I appreciate it. I mean, you know, how often do you see a game that you can actually get excited for when the two stars are not in it? You know, it has to be a playoff game. It has to be something of this nature where, you know, you have a, you know, you have a league favorite, which is the Bucks. I mean, obviously, like you said, on paper, they are the best team. This is their year. The Suns took advantage in the Western Conference to make this their year, at least their opportunity to make it their final year. The Bucks are supposed to take advantage. Again, no 76ers, no Brooklyn Nets. You're supposed to, this is supposed to be the cakewalk. No one expected Atlanta Hawks to make it here. Atlanta Hawks took care of the New York Knicks, and everybody, oh, that's so cute. Look at this team. They played the New York Knicks. 
Oh, the Hawks haven't been here so long. They're such a darling of the year. Oh, they're going to get spanked by the 76ers, and then we're going to have all orders restored. And then, the you know, either between the Milwaukee Bucks or Brooklyn Nets, and it's going to be a great Eastern Conference Finals. Atlanta Hawks said, nah, I, I, I got a seat at this table. I got a seat at this table, and I'm going to make all y'all taste some of my food. So I, I'm interested, again, for a team to not have a star power and a small market. Atlanta Hawks are a small market team, you know, and so, as well as Milwaukee Bucks. Not to have your two stars that on any other night, no one would want to watch this game. <laughs> I wouldn't watch this game on a Tuesday night in February, but tonight I'm dug in. I'm dug in, man. All right, man. You believe it, bro? It's already it's already that time. It's already that time. What? I had a I have had a fantastic time just talking shop, sitting down with you, man, chopping it up a little bit, man, about the NBA. But we're at that bewitching hour, man, where we have to close it up. Uh, we want to tell all, all of our fans that we will not be airing next week, so be patient with us until we air again. But let us know what you want to hear about. Tell us what you think about the playoffs. Is your team what? What your what does your team need to do? Is your team still in it? What team? Who's going to win the East? Who's going to win overall? Who's going to bring the Larry O'Brien home? So my vote, and I think this panel has voted on the Suns, and we're expecting the Suns to win it all. But we have been wrong before, <laughs> and we're going to be wrong again. And that's okay. I'm paid or not paid to have an opinion. What's your opinion? Hit us up on Facebook, Twitter. Let us know what you're thinking. And we say thank you for joining us on Taking It to the House. See you in a couple of weeks. Uh, well said, um, Steve. I just say, look, at the end of this season, I need you to go ahead and put up my stats. I think I'm batting 150, <laughs> 150. I didn't even get a 500. Thank God I'm not paid for that. I got an opinion. What do I know? I'm watching a game like y'all watching it. But I tell you one thing, put my money on the Suns. <laughs> <laughs> hey, like we said, viewers, hey, let us know. It's all fun. We're having a great time. We appreciate the time y'all spent with us since our first episode. And we're still having a great time out here. This weekend, please be safe. Please be safe. Please be safe. Like Unc said, we will not be airing next week. Does not mean our social media feed is down. Please hit us up on Facebook. Please hit us up on Taking It to the House Twitter page. We got activity out there. So tune into the games tonight. We will definitely be talking about it, at least online, if not on, 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 uh, on video. So, again, enjoy the time with you guys today. Time has definitely flown by. I have turned to a pumpkin officially. So enjoy. Be safe. Holler at you guys. And on behalf of Dr. Jania Hoover, she sends her love as well. We miss you, sis. Babe, take it to the house. It's out.